Welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. Today we have a very special interview. We have the head basketball coach from the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, Josh Passner, on the show. This was a fantastic interview with Coach Passner. We get into whether he'll continue wearing the famous face shield. Then we get into them winning the 2021 ACC tournament. And then lastly, we get into the impact of name, image, and likeness laws will have on college basketball going forward and more. But before we get into our interview with Coach Pastner, we are brought to you by PodTalk. PodTalk is the best way to listen to podcasts. It has the best interface compared to every other podcast listening app out there. I use PodTalk myself. Go join the CarterCast group discussion on PodTalk today. Go download PodTalk in the App Store today. Now our interview with Coach Pastner. All right, we now welcome on Georgia Tech head coach Josh Pastner. Coach, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking some hoops and uh, glad to be on with you. Awesome. Well, we got to start this off. It became a phenomenon last year with the face shield. I don't know if masks and stuff will be required for this season or not. Are you going to continue wearing the face shield if they are not? Because clearly it was a good luck charm. Well, great question. Um, You know, you're right. First of all, let's see if they're going to require it or not. If they require it, I'm for sure wearing the face shield. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. If they don't require it, it's a good question because it gave our, our best year in a long time at Georgia Tech was with the face shield on. So maybe the face shield gave it gave us some good, uh, um, you know, karma in a sense. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how things are going as it gets a little closer to the to the year goes. I know it kind of took a life of its own, but the reality of it is, with the mask, I had trouble coaching in the mask because I was taking it on and off. I thought I was touching my face more than I probably should have been. And you see a bunch of coaches were doing that too. And a lot of times they didn't even have their mask on. I felt the thing with the face shield, you know, people could see my facial expressions. They could somewhat hear me and they could probably under, you know, at least, you know, verbally have a better, you know, uh, vision of seeing what I was saying when, uh, other than when a mask was, was covering my, my, uh, my mouth. Was it the same face shield or a different one each game? Well, the, when we were winning, it was on a win streak. We, we, I kept the same face shield. Okay, yeah, you can't get rid of the other one. No, but... no, of course not. Of course not. All right, let's talk about your playing career for a little bit. I read online that you took 33 credits and graduated in two and a half years. You took 33 credits in a semester. How did you do that? Yeah, I played at the University of Arizona. Uh, my freshman year is when we won the national championship in 1997. Um, uh, you know, and obviously that was with Coach Olson, Lute Olson, God rest his soul, and uh, one of the greatest coaches of any sport, uh, was a head coach at the University of Arizona. I mean, Tucson, Arizona, the University of Arizona. Uh, people know that from Coach Olson, from, from Lute Olson. But um, I knew when I was coming to the University of Arizona what I wanted to do with my life, what I wanted to accomplish. Um, and um, and uh, I was excited about the opportunity to be there to learn from Coach Olson, to be at that level of a program, and then have the opportunity, um, you know, to hopefully one day take what I've learned and continue to move up the, the ladder to be a coach. And, uh, but I also knew at the time in order for that to happen, I needed to get my degree. 
And, uh, and so I was trying to hurry and get it through, but I, I completed my bachelor's degree in two and a half years. That's five semesters. One semester I did take 33 hours. You're correct on that. I completed my master's degree in one year. And so, so in seven semesters, I had got my bachelor's and master's uh, while I was a student athlete at the, you know, as University of Arizona. So uh, loved my time there, learned so much from Coach Olson. And, um, you know, some of my best friends were my former teammates with me at the University of Arizona. But we won the national championship in 1997, which was you know, as, 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 as you go longer in this game, you recognize how almost impossible that is. You, you've hit it. It's like a 0.00001% to even have a chance to do that. So it's, it's pretty darn cool. So what got you into coaching? You know, I remember when I was um, in fifth grade, I was watching the Boston Celtics, Los Angeles, Los Angeles Lakers play on one of those um, uh national networks on one of those weekend games. And I remember turning to my father and saying, dad, I want to stay in the game of basketball my whole life. And, and I really, and I, and I felt to myself at that time, and I told my dad this, that if I can't play in the NBA, I want to stay involved in the game by coaching. And as I continued to grow, I really, I, I worked as hard as anyone to try to be a player. I mean, I had aspirations and dreams of playing the NBA one day. That was, you know, that was a dream of mine, an aspiration of mine. Um, but, uh, uh, but I also was, was, you know, was realistic that I knew that there was going to be a very hard path to one day to do that. So I always used to say, if I can't play in the NBA to stay involved in the game, the next best thing to playing I felt was coaching. It kept you with that adrenaline rush. You're around a team. You're in the locker room. And so I put a lot of energies, focus, time, effort into coaching before I ever even entered college as a student athlete. I was coaching teams my own age in mm -hmm. AAU ball. Both I coached both boys and girls. And um, I really studied the game, had a great feel and understanding you know, of trying to learn about the game, was just a sponge. And then I, along the way, I got unbelievable opportunities. You know, so much of it's in life is about opportunities when doors open for you. And, and I'm the first to admit, I got some doors that happened to swing open that, you know, uh, I was just at the right place, right time, got lucky, got an incredible, you know, door to open. Now it's on me or that individual mm -hmm. to make the most of that opportunity. But, but sometimes when you, least expected or don't have any expectations of when that door or window opens for you to go through, um, it happens. And that's kind of happened within my career uh, coaching wise. So you mentioned it's like a 0.0001% chance to win the national championship. It's not quite as hard, but it's pretty difficult to win the ACC tournament against all these other blue bloods. How big of a relief was it last year winning that tournament? No, great question. And, and you're right. It's, it's maybe not the same percentage of to, to win the, um, the ACC championship as it is the national championship, but it's still very, very hard to do. And it's in a very, very small percentage group of teams have ever done it um, to be part of that. And, and, in, and, and, and in a league that's considered the best in the history of college basketball, the best 
basketball league in, in, in the history of college basketball in the ACC. You know, I, I, was, I was so happy to win for Georgia Tech because it's been such a long time. It was 28 years was the last time Georgia Tech had won. I wanted to win so bad for Georgia Tech, for my bosses. Uh, I have a great, you know, um, just loyalty factor to, towards Georgia Tech. I mean, the people here and, 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 and the fan base. And, and you know, it, it, it was really important to me for us to win the ACC for them and to get to the NC Toy Tournament. It was a driving force. And then obviously from, for our student athletes, for our young men, for our players who, who, were, the, who were the ones who got it done. And uh, to see them have that opportunity to do that. So, um, you know, the relief factor, the happiness, the enthusiasm, the excitement, the joy, all those emotions wrapped in uh, to be able to do that for Georgia Tech, for the fan base, for my bosses, for the people that work here. And then also for our student athletes who've put, who are the ones who got it done, who put the blood, sweat and tears in. Um, was just so happy. And like I mentioned, for all those emotions for, for those, for everyone involved. So I don't want to get you in trouble or anything, but did you feel you got underseated in the NCAA tournament? Yes, I did feel we got underseated in the NCAA tournament, but, but let me just say this. Um, uh, number one is um, when you get to the NCAA tournament, everyone's good. There, there's just, mm-hmm. there, there, it's just, everyone's good. The re- so so it doesn't matter what seed you are to 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 advance you're going to have to you're going to have to win games obviously but you're going to have to beat good teams no matter what seed you are i mean you don't get to the nc2a tournament without being good so you got to be good the second part is i thought we got underseeded on the fact alone that we had won the acc championship we had six top 25 wins during the course of the season Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we had won eight straight games and playing about as well as any team in, in the country. Um, and then the third part is I really do believe we had a chance to advance and who knows how far we could have gone. Unfortunately, um, our best player, Moses Wright, the ACC player of the year, had gotten COVID or tested positive for COVID. So um, that uh, disallowed him to play and it was our ACC player of the year. I think mm-hmm. if he had played and we were able to, you know, to have him, who knows how far we could have gone. I say all that to say, maybe that went into our seating because the seating, the, the tournament was, was aware of the situation before the seatings were announced. So that might've gone in factor, which I understood on that. I could mm-hmm. understand that. The second part is I've always, you know, look, it was such a crazy year with with all the protocols and obviously COVID and everything that um, we're fortunate that we got to play. I mean, you look at a team like VCU, unfortunately, they didn't get a play in the game. You know, we're fortunate that, you know, we didn't get hit with the contact tracing that allowed us to not play. And then I would also say, you know, with the COVID as it was so unpredictable and and it was no, you know, you're you're doing everything you can, but you still could have you still could catch it. We're fortunate that Moses Wright or, or somebody else didn't get it two weeks prior mm-hmm. and he couldn't play. Maybe we lost a couple games and we don't get the chance to win the ACC championship or or get to the NCAA tournament. So it's all about how a matter of how you look at things, 
Um, I'm a guy that looks at the glass as overflowing out of every negative situation. I try to turn it into a positive. I see the blessing that, man, we got through the season to have Moses with us the entire year. Yes, he didn't get us with us in the NCAA tournament, but thank the good Lord that we were able, able to play in the tournament and we didn't really have any issues prior to that. Uh, we did have a COVID situation earlier that we had to kind of, we had to miss four games for, um, but, but that was earlier. And so, um, you know, you just try to take anything you can. And then also, and most importantly, Moses Wright didn't have any complications. He was asymptomatic, mm-hmm. nothing serious from that. And, and obviously someone's health far outweighs any win and loss or anything. Um, because if you have your health, you really are a true billionaire. I like to say there's nothing more important than your health. Everything's about your health. And, um, uh, I stole that quote from Dick Vitale, by the way, <laughs> so I got to give credit to Dick Vitale, but it's a really true quote because it is the truth that everything in, in life's the most important thing is your health. So with players now able to make money off their likeness, how does that change the way you recruit? You know, I, I just think things will even itself out in a sense mm-hmm. that I don't know how much it will change. Yeah. Because look, the people that earn the right to have a value within the market for a student athlete uh, and to be able to pay it off their name, image, likeness. Great. I think it's a great thing. And the, and the, and the, the market will determine how much someone makes. Look, someone could have a great game, play really well, have a dunk or something that goes viral. And some company wants to maybe give them 500, he or she, you know, you know, he or she in in either men's or women's basketball, $500 to, to, uh, uh, you know, tweet out their company. I don't know if someone's going to say, hey, here's $50,000, you know, unless maybe they've produced all year long and become kind of a national famous name. But I think a lot of it for both men's and women's, not just basketball, I think for all the sports, name, image, likeness, I think a lot's going to be based on your social media following. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The followers you have on Instagram, on Twitter and and uh, so I think it's great for 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 all the student athletes, regardless of sport, both on the women's side and the men's side. It's great opportunities for for the young people to have a chance to 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 profit off their name and likeness. And the market will determine their value based on that. So let's talk about this season. Obviously, you lose the big names of Jose Alvarado, Moses Wright, who has a phenomenal story, by the way. If you read anything into Moses Wright, phenomenal person. But how big of an impact will be the likes of uh, Michael DeVoe and Justin Usher taking that next step to becoming the leaders that Alvarado and Moses were? Yeah, look, we there's no denying that we lost a lot in, in Alvarado and lost a lot of Moses Wright. And so, but 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 again, as I mentioned earlier, that gives opportunities for people to have you know, to step up, there's doors that open because of playing time and opportunities that people have got to grasp. Again, life's all about opportunities. And, um, and so a guy like Michael DeVoe, guys like Jordan Usher, um, you know, guys like Bubba Parham and Khalid Moore and Kyle Sturdivant and Rodney Howard, along with our freshmen and the guys who maybe didn't play as much last year who were freshmen, they have opportunities to, to kind of you know, step up and, and, and we're going to need them to step up and be great players for us so we can be a really good team. And, um, and we'll have to figure it out. That's going to be part of my job on, on putting the guys in a position to be successful and do the best they can. 
and to make sure, you know, I, you know, that, that I've put them in the right spots on offense and defense that they can be successful. And so uh, I have a great staff. We'll come up with the right ideas and game plans and hopefully from there we win some games. So last question won't take too much of your time. How important will fans be coming back to the building be this year? You know, look, I, I'm really excited about having fans back. I think everybody is. You know, you, you just got done watching the Olympics and just incredible athletes. You know, when you watch the Olympics, just amazing stuff. The the swimmers and the track and field athletes and obviously the basketball, both men and women to win the gold. And, um, you know, just you can go all, all along the line. I mean, just the, the incredible uh, the, the eliteness you know, the elite level, the highest level of athletes. I mean, you look at the swimmers of, you know, on both sides, the men's and the women's. I mean, you're talking point, point zero zero one tenths of a second. I mean, just mm-hmm. it's, it's really incredible. I say all that to say, you know, you, there, but there was no fans in there. Just like for us, there was no fans or very limited, I should say, for last year during the course of the year. Um, I think part of athletics, which makes athletics so great, is the fans and having the energy and the emotion and the excitement level uh, in the arena, in the building, on at, you know, at the ballpark, in the fields. I think it's exciting. So to have the fans back is a great thing. I think the fans are excited to get back. And um, when you're talking about for example, going back to the Olympics, you know, a, a tenth of a second or a hundredth of a second, you know, between a winner and a loser, you know, of getting the gold or the silver or in a basketball game, making or missing a shot. A lot of that can be based on just the energy and the emotions of people on the crowd as well, too. So I think for all athletes, regardless of sport, um, really welcome and are excited about having fans back into the arena. Well, Coach, thank you so much for your time. All the best to the Yellow Jackets this year. Hopefully you can bring a national championship home. I got to get down to a game at the Pavilion next year. We would love to see you. Um, now that it's back to open, I'm counting on you coming back to the to the arena. You know, back in the day, they called it the Thriller Dome. And we want to get the Thriller Dome back. You know, I don't know if you know, we, we set the record for Georgia Tech for the most consecutive home ACC wins in a row this past season. And so we've had some great wins at home in McCamish Pavilion um, uh, right here on 10th Street in, in, in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. And we want to keep that home court advantage and we want to bring back the Thriller Dome. And so the more people can be in the Thriller Dome, including the students and everything else, it not only gives us a six man home court advantage, but it can even stretch into a seventh man home court advantage. Well, Coach, thank you. I'll be there come December. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this very special episode with Georgia Tech men's basketball coach Josh Pastner. I want to thank Coach again for his time. That was an awesome interview, and he's an awesome guy. So go make sure to follow his Twitter page at GTJoshPastner, and go follow the men's basketball page at GTMBB. Go follow Georgia Tech men's basketball on all social media. Next week, we have a very special interview coming. Make sure to go follow Connor and I on Twitter at CarterBA and Connor underscore Sparrow. And we'll also post it on Facebook as well. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you all next week. Bye.